0: This is the 42nd episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Julia Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Town Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student, and if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. I want to briefly explain this project before I start into this week's episode. Decoding Fox News was designed to help the friends, family members, neighbors, coworkers, and colleagues of people who are deeply entrenched in the Fox News universe. Think of this as a support network of sorts to help you navigate the nonsense that your Fox-loving friends might spew at you. Throughout this podcast... I will refer to something called the newsletter. It can be found at my Substack channel for Decoding Fox News. Basically, you've got a podcast and a newsletter. They're going to have the same title. One's going to say podcast and the next one's going to say newsletter. If it's the same title, it's the same show. Basically, the newsletter is a written version of the podcast and it contains hyperlinks to sources that I might mention on this program. And that's very handy because I, every single week, I have people asking me, where'd you get that? I love to read that, yada, yada. So to make it easier for everybody, there's a written version of this. So, and I tend to go a little bit off the cuff in the podcast, the written version doesn't have my little ad libs and certainly doesn't have it when I imitate various uh, people on Fox News or politicians. My Carrie Lake is very popular. Carrie Lake! I have to pull back from the mic when I do her because her voice is kind of loud. She's a bit intense. Carrie Lake is not backing down. She's going to tell every single Arizonian that elections are crap and they should never vote again and that'll show them the republicans will take over just simply by throwing fits and saying they've won elections they haven't just watch her never vote again people it's not worth it this is all rigged Carrie Lake okay Woo! I get i get a little worked up when I do her Carrie Lake but yeah she does scare the heck out of me because she's an incredibly polished human being she's is she real we, we get the filter there's a lot going on there there's Carrie Lake anyway I just you know hey I used to be a performer before I got into uh, being a journalist so that explains some of my weirdness so here we go guys here's the headline I think I've got seven clips seven that's a lot but one of them' is really short um here we go I guess two of them kind of go together so it's kind of like six here's the headline. Fox News, remembering the victims of the great Twitter shadow ban and only black lesbians make it out of Russia. A condensed overview of 15 hours of Fox News for the week ending December 11th, 2022. A typical Fox viewer might have thought that the Twitter files were the biggest political scandal in decades and that President Biden only works to free black lesbian professional basketball players from Russian prisons. Anyone who exclusively watched Fox News last week would have missed out on a number of stories about investigations involving former President Donald J. Trump or any updates on NASA's next mission to the moon. They most likely wouldn't have heard about a volcanic eruption in Indonesia or any anti-government general strike in Iran. Fox News... Really ramped up the hysteria last week, as some viewers might have actually believed people died due to Twitter's policies. The network didn't offer any specific examples, but it treated content moderation on a social media platform as a life and death situation. Shows I covered last week were Fox and Friends, The First Hour, The Five, and Tucker Carlson Tonight. Okay, here we go, guys. This this was... Nearly 30% of the programming last week, the Twitter files, the story no one else will cover. I feel like I need a sound effect there. If I had more money, (laughs) if I had a producer, I'd have a sound effect there. I don't. This is a one woman show. This is me on a laptop with a really old microphone. Just want to say before I get into this, thank you so much to my Patreon donors, I was saving up for months to buy Pro Tools, and I found out that now Pro Tools has changed their pricing, and it's a yearly subscription. So that meant I have a lot more money left over to buy a better microphone. I'm working on a microphone that's just ancient, and it's not that old, but for a micro for any technology, is old after like two years. This is probably ten years old, and my cats have knocked this thing over about a bazillion times. A Thor, the little one, the the. He's a tuxedo. He's tiny, tiny for an adult male, has knocked over my blue uh, Yeti microphone from a decade ago mm, a few hundred times, probably. I'm not kidding. Anyway, okay, I'm going to get into this. Here we go. The Twitter files, the story no one else will cover. Although Fox spent nearly one third of his airtime on the public relations stunt Elon Musk has promoted on Twitter, PBS didn't even mention it. Fox News anchors expressed outrage that no other major network even mentioned Musk's political machinations, poorly disguised as journalism. When other media companies brought up the Twitter files, not only did they not frame it as a massive scandal, they openly mocked it. Part of the reason why most news programs won't touch the story is it's cherry—it's a cherry-picked mess of nothing. Musk hired Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss, two opinion columnists with Substack Channel's along with Michael Schellenberger, a man with a master's degree in anthropology who's best known for promoting climate change denialism. I think that makes sense. Degree, A master's degree in anthropology. I'm going to talk about, yeah, okay, sure. Whatever. Why not? Why not? Go for it. It's impossible to know exactly how these three writers found their material, but so far... They've all posted select examples of what they claim is proof of government interference on a social media platform. But so far, none of the inner office correspondence that is part of the Twitter files have shown anything close to a smoking gun that would prove the government forced Twitter to remove a single tweet. In fact, they've shown the opposite. In the first day of the Twitter files reveal to Posted, That he'd found no evidence of any government involvement in the Hunter Biden laptop story. And here's the tweet. This is very famous. A lot of people have posted this. This is number 22 from day one. Although several sources recalled hearing about a general warning from federal law enforcement uh, that summer about possible foreign hacks. Here's the tweet part. Here's the big part. There's no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop story. In fact, that might have been the problem ellipse. Okay, really dramatic, Tahibi, there you go. Weiss and Schellenberger have focused more on Twitter's decision to remove Trump, something that is not surprising considering he was using the platform to communicate aggressively to a mob as it ransacked the U.S. Capitol. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I just can't. It's hard not to laugh at this. Okay, so Twitter guidelines are simply internal rules within a company. No user, not even the President of the United States, signed any contract agreeing to any standard. If high-ranking Twitter employees thought it was a good idea to change any guideline or regulation due to an extreme situation, they could at any time. Since Twitter is a private company, it can change its own rules on a dime. The company could face litigation if it suddenly decided to block users based on their race, religion, sexual orientation, or gender— Otherwise, if the company deems something dangerous and they wanted to remove it, they have every right to do so. If any user wasn't happy with these rules, they could use another media platform. The free market. See see how that works? If enough users left Twitter and joined a competitor, Twitter could either rethink its policies or go out of business. The Twitter files would be more newsworthy if Twitter was the primary news source for most Americans. But according to a Pew Research study... Ten Facts About Americans and Twitter. Only one in five American adults uses Twitter. According to the same report, about 70% of those Twitter users said they use the platform to read news stories. Because, you know, there's other things on Twitter. It's not just nerds like me. So I'm going to break this down in terms of fourth grade math. This is not going to translate well via audio. So I'm just going to go to the end. So I looked this up on the census. There's roughly 258 million adults. If only 23% use Twitter, you get one number. Then you take 70% of that number, you get another number. So I'm just going to jump to the end, because I think this would be really weird to listen to it rather than read it. But basically you end up with about 12% of adult Americans getting their news from Twitter. And I think that's a bit of a stretch. Because they're also going to be getting their news from other sources. And then when you look at the same study found that 81% of Americans used YouTube and 69% of Americans used Facebook. So Twitter's only 23%. So Twitter, in the grand scheme of things, is the smallest um, source of news from other for Americans. Because if 81% are on YouTube and 69% are on Facebook. I mean, Twitter's like the little guy. So how on earth are you claiming that Twitter has so much influence when it's not even close to the top social media platform? Um, And then the other thing that I found in the same study from the Pew Research was that 32% of the Twitter users are Democrats and Democratic-leaning, which is a 15-point share larger than that of Republicans and Republican-leaners. So the whole entire... Social media platform is always skewed towards the left, and that's based on its users, not on the people working at Twitter. So, and I also want to point out that anybody could have read the Hunter Biden story on New York Post online for free. And I also found in my research, Philip Bump at the Washington Post came up with this great, amazing graph that also appeared And another article that I hyperlinked in the newsletter that's called this article. Both of the the articles are great. They're both hyperlinked. The one by Philip Bump is hyperlinked. And the one that I'm about to read you on Tech Dirt that I got from Ben Collins, he recommended this. This is the name of the article. Please look this up and look up Philip Bump's at Washington Post. Here we go. Hello, you've been referred here because you're wrong about Twitter and Hunter Biden's laptop by Mike Masnick. And this graph was pulled from Google searches around the time that the Hunter Biden laptop story was suppressed on Twitter, which was in in mid-October 2020. And what it shows, and this makes perfect sense, is that as soon as news hit that social media platforms were trying to suppress the story, Facebook did a little bit, but not nearly as much as Twitter did. Of course, the searches for Hunter Biden's laptop skyrocketed. It just went straight up. It's it's a very dramatic graph. You can see it on my Substack and again I give all the credit to Philip Bump for for creating this. Um as did Mike M- Maznick. He both he also gave him credit. So that's how you do it, guys. I know people steal all the time on the internet. Please don't do that. If you take somebody's graph or you Cite a story, you have to say where you got it from. Otherwise, it's plagiarism and it's theft and it's completely immoral and horrible. So now here's the first clip. This, I was very pleased with how well this performed on Twitter. I was surprised because I didn't, I didn't think it was that funny. And then it like completely blew up. This is, I took about 30 minutes of Tucker Carlson Tonight and I reduced it down to a minute. And it wasn't until I listened to the whole thing that I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is pretty funny. So it is, I'll just explain the voices a little bit because there's a lot of them in this. You'll hear Miranda Devine. You're going to hear Charlie Kirk, Tucker Carlson, of course, Jason Whitlock. And then there's this other gentleman that I don't know that much about. And he's got a kind of a crazy name. Okay. The, the person that I don't know that much about, he only has one quote in this, but his name is, um, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, so Rob... Amari from Compact Magazine. Just like to give you a heads up of who you're about to hear here. And you'll you'll notice Miranda Devine immediately. She's got a very thick Australian accent. So here you go.
1: Just moments ago, Barry Weiss of Substack began posting part two of the Twitter files. Now, if Twitter was doing it, and they were, you think Facebook and Google were doing it? What do you think is going on at YouTube?
2: And Barry Weiss is not a conservative. She's ex-New York Times. Um, I guess she'd be a, a red-pilled liberal, if anything. And all these people who just decided they were going to suppress the truth, they probably cost people's lives. And I don't think we'll ever be able to measure
1: the impact of what Twitter did to our voices online in the calendar year of 2020, the lives that were lost. And promoting a level of violence and chaos and anarchy that hurt everyday Americans, cost people's lives. And Elon, praise God for his courage and his bravery.
3: You know, I'm I'm really grateful, truly God bless
1: Elon Musk. Specifically against hospitals that are castrating children. This is about propaganda and mind control. The mind control propaganda game, they've been playing on the American public to overthrow our constitution and our way of life, and they've been successful, and these people are evil and need to be held responsible. Could Russian media be more controlled than American media is? I mean, maybe,
0: but maybe not. You know, that's a very typical Tucker Carlson episode, just very very casual, you know, we're just chatting about people dying from Twitter and genitals being cut off and uh, lives being destroyed and the Constitution being torn up and our way of life being challenged and destroyed. Okay, sure, yeah, because everything, again, 23% of Americans use Twitter, and most tweets are actually, this is another thing that's in that uh, Pew Research Center report, most tweets are written by, like, a handful of people, And most people don't really even write tweets. But okay, yes, you are correct, Tucker Carlson. I mean, what the heck is that? I was like, I didn't even know how nuts it was until I put it together. And then I was like, yeah, that is, that's bonkers. That's completely bonkers. So uh, the Twitter files pretty much dominated everything. So the next clip that I want to play you is Jessica Tarloff, our hero, the lone really the only true liberal on the five, Um, and she's just amazing. They also have, in that slot, they'll have Geraldo Rivera often, and he sometimes has a good point. He did last week. And then they also have Harold Ford Jr. Now, Harold Ford Jr., I just got to say this very briefly. He has said that we need a border wall and that George W. Bush was a great president. So is that person a liberal? I would say no. I would say that person is a moderate. A conservative democrat at best um but not i would not call that person a liberal but anyway here's jessica tarloff and this was just ah this was a longer sequence that i had to cut some of the middle out and in the middle just for full disclosure she was basically saying how she thought that twitter overreacted when it suppressed some of the doctors on um twitter valid concern i guess um But I had to cut it for length because Twitter, you get two minutes, roughly. So here you go. Jessica Tarloff just going to town. Well, I'd start
2: by saying that Matt Taibbi nor Barry Weiss have actually told us what the American government asked to have done. Matt Taibbi specifically put in links of what Joe Biden's campaign, so not an elected office, asked to have taken down, but didn't show us what Donald Trump and his administration asked to have taken down, even though he admitted that the government, and that's the one that the First Amendment applies to, had asked to do that. I think the strongest argument, but it is relevant, and I know that it's funny to mock it and say, oh, it was Twitter policy, but it was Twitter policy. So this policy came out in 2018, they talked openly about it. They even briefed reporters on this to the point that Slate. What are you talking that, about? Are... Dorsey lied. That's not Dorsey true. went before he... Congress he... and lied under that... oath. That is a crime. No. no, 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 no. What Dorsey did was say that there wasn't anything in excess of the policy on the books, which Slate, a liberal uh, publication called, quote, Twitter purgatory. And again, Barry Weiss gives us no details as to why Charlie Kirk or Dan Bongino were de-amplified. Tell us exactly that's what they did. Because also, that's because was an a Trump aider. No, that is not because of that. That is because they don't want to show us what was going on. You're telling oh, now we're going to blame the messengers. I'm going to blame someone who doesn't oh give God. us the full story and claims that she's being an objective journalist. Okay, and Matt Taibbi she was too. Handed, Yes, both of them. Both of these substackers who did not have editors for this were handed over private. (laughs) Oh, did did Twitter have an editor? Give me a break. What, and Elon Go Musk's ahead, policy, by the way, is now freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach. How is that any oh, different? Are you kidding? Do you what? seriously believe? Do I look serious to you, Judge? That what they did was consistent with who we are as Americans, consistent as a, what are with you the talking Constitution. About? That if Charlie Kirk did Amendment? something abusive, he shouldn't get to sit around and have his tweets amplified to everybody. Yeah. Go ahead, Tell Dagan. me what they did to get de-amplified, Barry Weiss.
0: Everything Tarloff just said there was accurate. Absolutely everything. And that's my biggest beef with this entire setup is you cannot, somebody even like, I don't remember who, but it was another journalist confronted uh, Musk and he said something to the effect of, if you're really going to do this, you need to release all of it. You need to, you need to do a huge data dump. And let other journalists look at this. You cannot just pick what examples you think show something and go, well, there you go. Because this is not journalism. What you're doing is PR. This is not journalism. And then PBS basically, I mean, Elon Musk basically called this journalist. He said, oh, you're a propagandist or you write fake news or something stupid, something dismissive back. And it's like, no, what the guy's telling you is actually correct. You need to release it all And you need to, you know, check for privacy, make sure that you're not releasing any private information. But if you expect any of us to take this seriously, you cannot just handpick examples of like, oh, look, Dan Bongino, a high-profile conservative, got shadow banned. Why? Yeah, why? Show me why. Because in the times that they did release this, and we did get to see why, it was clear that there was a violation. So, yeah, you have to show us all of it, or this is complete nonsense. And so far, I've not been impressed by anything that's come out. It's just been the same old garbage. And if you're really seriously gonna try to convince anyone who's not a Trump supporter that Twitter shouldn't have re- removed Trump, good luck with that because i don't I don't think you're gonna get anybody on board with that. So the next section, and these are two clips. one's very short, and this is what I love to call Deucey goes Rogue. This has been like a trend with him. Steve Doocy, uh, I don't know if this is scripted. People keep asking. How would I know? I would have to have somebody on the inside at Fox, and I seriously doubt that would ever get leaked. The only person that's going to leak that is Juicy himself. So, uh, you know, is this him just going a little radical here and being rebellious, or is somebody telling him to do this? I have no idea. But these are always wonderful moments. So here's the first one, and it's from Monday, and Steve Doocy just kind of lets it rip here, and I will just play the clip.
1: Ultimately would it have changed the outcome of the presidential? Well, obviously Donald Trump felt so because he felt uh, he said yesterday that the Constitution should be thrown out, which he is a redo.
3: crazy. Mm. He wants a redo. Yeah.
0: See so that first one is kind of a toss away, but it is Steve Ducey saying into a microphone while being filmed on a Fox television show that the former president is crazy. He just said that because the the former president wants to throw out the Constitution. So this next one's a little bit more involved. He starts criticizing uh, Senator Ted Cruz, and this is again about the Twitter files.
1: I know exactly what Ted Cruz is talking about because he mentioned the FBI right there, but if you read all of Matt Taibbi's posts, the thread, you can see what... what Perhaps he's alluding to, but Ted is wrong. Matt Taibbi, his 22nd thread said, although several sources recalled hearing about a general warning from federal law enforcement that summer about sp- uh, possible foreign hacks, there's no evidence that I've seen of any government influence in the laptop story. In fact, that might have been the problem. So,
0: so I'm just stating the obvious, but Ducey just read the same tweet that I just read, which because it's such a great example of they're just openly admitting we didn't find any government interference with the Hunter Biden laptop story. So how can you say there is?
1: According to the guy who Elon Musk gave all the secrets to, he said, I don't see federal law enforcement involved in the laptop story right. at all. Well, maybe
4: they weren't. And we'll get answers with yeah. oversight because these exactly. Republicans are taking over. But what we're saying, how, how could that be, be the and... case?
1: Is the FBI part of the government? Yeah, of course. Did the true. FBI get the laptop? DID THEY GO AHEAD AND BRIEF THESE MAJOR SOCIAL MEDIA COMPANIES ABOUT NOT DOING CERTAIN THINGS AND SUPPRESSING CERTAIN THINGS? IN THE RUN-UP TO THE ELECTION, WE HEARD AND WE TALKED ABOUT FROM THIS COUCH, WARNINGS FROM THE DEPARTMENT OF HOMELAND SECURITY AND FEDERAL LAW ENFORCEMENT THAT uh, GIVEN WHAT HAPPENED IN 2016, THEY MIGHT TRY IT AGAIN. WE HEARD THAT. BUT MATT Taibbi, WHO HAS SEEN EVERYTHING, SAID FEDERAL LAW ENFORCEMENT NOT INVOLVED IN TWITTER AND THE LAPTOP STORY. Right. the guy who's seen all the stuff says. but, but no what i just said but if, if if anything i said was wrong then i'll then i'll agree but the fbi was proven you you watch you watch the uh, the, uh, the zuckerberg sit there with joe rogan and say the fbi came and briefed me and said look out this is all the e-marks and after it came we froze right. it on their behest and then twitter said right. i made a mistake when the fbi did it and they never told the ceo of, of Twitter right. that they were doing it, in so that... the FBI didn't actually go in right. there and hit the passwords. I'm with but you the Ryan. FBI did it, but so I mean that's a ridiculous thing to that say. Was Unless Ray, they right? walked in and say, "Shut down Twitter, we're taking it over." If that's what Matt Taibbi's looking for, he's never going to find it. Well, what Zuckerberg said was there was a general warning, and that's what uh, uh, Miranda Devine but wrote about. They, they knew about yesterday. the laptop story, so they
4: come in and they say, "There's a general warning. You're going to you could get some stories about Hunter. I,
1: they didn't just... tell him what the story right. was." I'm just yeah. reporting what I know for a fact is but what Matt Taibbi it all said. Just...
0: So, yeah, things got a little spicy on Fox and Friends in the morning there. And you can see that they're sort of conflating a lot of things. They, they're they making assumptions. They, what we know is that the FBI met with social media platforms like once a week and were like, look out for disinformation because they were worried they were going to get fake stuff from Russia, China a hostile foreign actor because it's happened before. So why wouldn't they think it would happen again? So they're meeting with them to just make sure that that doesn't happen. And Fox is making these leaps that there was this like three-dimensional chess that they got the Hunter Biden laptop and they decided we're going to suppress this, the FBI did, and that we're going to tell them that it's Hunter, about Hunter Biden and da 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 No, they just were meeting with them because they were worried about disinformation. Like stop putting these other layers into it. And this thing has been investigated. And we'll, they'll continue to investigate this. For the next two years, we're going to hear nothing but this stupid story. Ha 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 So buckle up, everybody. This is going to be fun. It's I can't even. I already hate it. I hated it the first time it was mentioned. I was like, are you kidding me? Because did Hunter Biden run for president? No. Did Hunter Biden work in the White House? No. Did Hunter Biden work for his father when his father was vice president? He did not. But guess what? Jared Kushner, right after he left the White House, where he did formally work on policy and everything, Jared Kushner received $2 billion, $2 billion with a B, from the Saudi royal prince. Because, you know, why not? Because Jared Kushner started this financial company, which he knows nothing about, and the Saudis are like, hey, let's give him $2 billion. We like him. Okay, sure. That's totally legit. Are you kidding me? anyway so this next clip is from the five it's them discussing the britney griner prisoner release this goes you're going to hear all the voices from the five basically on this one
3: meanwhile biden left someone behind american marine paul whalen snubbed from the prisoner swap paul whalen is questioning why more wasn't done to get him back home first of all i'm glad she's home and i I pray for paul whalen this is Mm -hmm. so whatever whatever was they did not we're able to do to get Paul Whalen home. I hope they don't stop because he deserves to be home as well. He has a
0: range of emotions. And she promised that she and Brittany are going to continue to use their power, their voice, and their celebrity and the backing of the media in order to help get Paul Whalen out. Mm-hmm. Trevor Reed, also, when he was released, he was very upset that Paul Whalen had not been released at the same time. So I'm just wondering at this point then, what is our leverage? If what Putin wanted the most was Victor Boot. What's the next ask in order to get Waylon? What do we have on the table to offer?
3: It was a bad trade. Uh, Worse than the Sixers (laughs) sending Barkley to the Suns. This,
0: And here's the clip from MSNBC. This is from January 1st, 2019.
4: His innocence is undoubted. That's from the family of a retired U.S. Marine who's been detained in Russia, rejecting Russia's accusation that he's a spy. The American citizen is 48-year-old Paul Whelan, a former Marine, as we said, from Michigan. Russia's security agency released a brief statement saying that Whelan was arrested on December 28th, caught, quote, during an espionage operation.
0: So, yeah, and this is why it gets frustrating with this one to debunk, uh, is that Trump never mentioned him publicly, ever. He was arrested on the 28th of December, 2018, which definitely was the Trump administration. Trump never brought this up once. So you can't find a clip that proves it because it never happened. So it's just like you can only find articles that say, by the way, Trump never mentioned this. It's this pretty bad. And, um, yeah, so now suddenly Wayland's less, like, big, huge, we have to do something about Wayland. It's like, you, you guys didn't care since 2018. Like, nobody, I'm sorry, this was not an issue. So that's a bit crazy. And I wanted to add, to. That Biden also got the release of Trevor Reed, who is also a former Marine. And that he did another prisoner swap for him with a pilot that was Russian. So it's not just black uh, lesbian basketball players. Uh, I had so many clips on that. I had too many clips on that. But I want to keep this going. The next one up is a funny one. And I like to, if I can find something funny for you guys, I'd like to find something funny. And this, I added music to it uh, to really, you know, make this one even give it a little bit of sauce, give it a little bit extra. This is Dan Bongino, who's one of my favorite uh, Fox News personalities. And when I say favorite, I mean he's awful and I like to make fun of him. So here's (laughs) Dan Bongino being Dan Bongino. Again, with some added, a little zest. Here we go.
1: Soviet style, Right here. There's the big picture. You want to hear it? There's unfiltered Dan Bongino. This is, uh, you know, I've known this the whole time, just so you know, and it was called a conspiracy theory. Tell me we live in a free country where three of the largest social media platforms that are the new public space we can all talk in, when an opinion guy like me cannot speak on these platforms or is restricted from doing so, or banned in the case of YouTube, shadow banned in the case of Twitter. Tell me again how we live in a free country.
0: The show he just said that on gets 2.7 million viewers per episode. Maybe don't violate community standards and you won't get kicked off social media platforms. Decoding Fox News. Yeah, I added a little bit of zip to that, you know, because I just, I just, I made it black and white. I really, I zoomed in on his face. I did stills. I, you know, hey, I, because <laughs> it's a tragedy that a man making millions of dollars a year saying whatever the heck he wants to say, as long as it's when the FCC guidelines, like he can't, well, they bleeped him, but he could just say whatever he wants. On his own podcast, his own show, and then on Hannity with 2.7 million people. And he is being censored on Twitter. And he was kicked off of YouTube. Which is a different owner, by the way. That's meta. Deal with it. Is it meta? I don't even know. I don't know who owns me. You know, Google does. Google does. Google does. Just take it up with Google, you proud man. You patriot. <sighs> Sorry, I just, I can't, I can't, I I hate him so much. He's so obnoxious. He was the one that was laughing at Geraldo once over, he claimed that there were less gun deaths in Florida than New York, and he was completely wrong, and I proved it in a video, because that's what I do. Okay, next up, that's what I, I, I'm telling you, I don't ever want to do any other form of journalism. I love debunking people. I love this, but we'll see. We'll see where I end up. But anyway, so the next one up is this one. Okay, this is going to lead into the last section. But this one, you can understand, if you are a regular listener of this podcast and a regular reader of the newsletter, you will understand why this one had me jumping out of my skin. This one is Ansley Earnhardt and Joe Concha saying that Fox News reports on more stories than other media. Brace yourself, because we know this one isn't true. But yeah, this is comically stupid. Comically stupid. Here you go.
3: It's important when we talk about ABC, CBS, NBC, those evening newscasts, for example, draw more than 20 million viewers on an average night combined. So so
0: I just want to interrupt a little bit because that's a bit of a self-own. Fox gets nowhere near 20 million viewers because cable news is a totally different universe than network news. And they might be number one in cable, but not network.
3: So people are still watching those news programs that may not be watching uh, cable news in any extended period of time. And as you said, they ignored it then, so they will certainly ignore it now. The latest document dump is very telling, Ainsley.
4: Yeah, you're right. They're doing exactly what Twitter did, right? They don't want the audience to hear a certain story, and so they just don't report it. Right, but, Even Joe, though- we've covered all three stories this morning. One other network that's considered one of our competitors is talking about Brittany Griner. We've reported that. Another one is yeah. talking about Kristen Sinema uh, leaving the Democratic Party. We reported that. They're not talking about this story and we're reporting this. So we're covering all three stories. You get it all right here and that's why we're number one. Why
3: they're not drawing the type of viewership they could because they only see one kind of story or they go about it in one way. You're talking about things that people care about, and you show that you can walk and chew gum, too, by covering a bunch of different topics, and that's what makes this show interesting on top of your obvious charm and and wit, Thank you so much.
4: Everyone should be concerned about it because these are stories that we need to make our own decisions. I want to read all the stories, and then I can make my own decision. But when you can't read these stories and you don't know what's happening behind closed doors, then that's the issue.
3: Bias of omission. It's the most insidious kind of bias out there.
0: Bias of omission, indeed. So, every week, I compare 15 hours of Fox News to 5 hours of the PBS News Hour. And every week, I have a super long list of stories that PBS covered that Fox did not. And that's the section we're going into now. Buckle up. It's never short. Here we go. Um, and I just wanted to add, I find Ansley Ainhart's, her voice was very funny there when she was going... We're covering three stories. Three. We got three stories. Three. All three. We didn't just do one. We didn't just do two. We did all three. Ainsley Earnhardt has a voice as if she's about to raise the volume of her voice. Something will break. And so she's very careful not to do that. Very passive. Very sweet. Very Southern. Ansley Ainhart. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm kind of overdoing her accent a little bit there, but the energy is the energy is Ansley. It's Ansley right there. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just... Okay, here we go. Here's the list. The Supreme Court Here's a case involving a website designer in Colorado who refuses to create websites for same-sex couples on the grounds that gay marriage goes against her religious beliefs. That is a slightly... Technically, there's a legal difference between this one and the bakery who wouldn't make wedding cakes for same-sex couples which is why this is in the Supreme Court. There's a little technicality to it. The SCOTUS is hearing a case that would give that could give state legislatures more power over elections. That one's super complicated. I have a hyperlink in the newsletter if you want to read about it. Fox this week this past week didn't mention much about the war in Ukraine. The only real segment about it was a monologue on Tucker Carlson tonight that was highly politicized and contained inaccurate information. Carlson continues to portray Russia as the misunderstood victim in a war it started. Hospitalizations for the flu are the highest they've been in the United States in over a decade. After several intense anti-government protests in China, the government has begun to ease some COVID lockdown rules. The president of Peru, Pedro Castillo, attempted to dissolve parliament hours before an impeachment vote. He was arrested and detained after the parliament voted to impeach him. Within hours, the vice president, Dina Buarte, was sworn in as the sixth president in less than five years. Now, in Indonesia, three things happened, so we're going to break them down. The country faced a volcanic eruption. Parliament passed a new criminal code that critics say would violate international human rights laws, especially against the LGBTQ community. The government also released Abu Bakar Bashar, a radical cleric who was convicted of a bombing in Bali that killed 202 people. The cleric is 82 years old and is believed to have been rehabilitated. PBS produced a segment last week about various investigations involving Trump and his real estate business. The network included details about the guilty verdict in the tax trial of the Trump Organization. PBS also reported on classified documents at a storage unit owned by Trump in Florida. The search was conducted by an outside group hired by Trump's lawyers. Oops on that one. J. Alexander King, the former Minneapolis police officer who kneeled on the back of George Floyd while another officer kneeled on his neck until he died, was sentenced to three and a half years on state charges. King pleaded guilty to aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter. Chinese President Xi Jinping met with the Saudi Arabian Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. The U.S. House Committee on Oversight and Reform issued a report on the Washington commander's NFL team citing a toxic work culture of ignoring and downplaying sexual misconduct. Commander's owner Dan Snyder was involved in the misconduct, according to the report. A UN report published last week showed more than one in five workers worldwide face some form of violence or harassment in their workplace. The University of California's worker strike entered its fourth week. It is the largest higher education strike in history as roughly 48,000 academic workers participated. This uh, This next story was mentioned last week, but it's It expanded. The EU, G7 nations, and Australia reached an agreement to cap the price of Russian oil at $60 a barrel. The price cap is meant to limit Russia's ability to fight its war in Ukraine. Last week, it was just the EU. The G7 nations and Australia is what the change is. A trial in Belgium begins for 10 men allegedly involved in the 2016 bombings in Brussels that killed 32 and injured 340. Germany arrested 25 suspected far-right extremists for plotting to overthrow the government. The group was influenced by the QAnon conspiracy theory as well as other far-right ideologies. The plot originated out of a movement called Reichsburger, literally Reich Citizens. They believe the German government since World War I is illegitimate and want to reestablish a monarchy. How wacky is that story? NASA continues to make advancements on its latest attempt to send astronauts to the moon. How does FoxNet report on that? That one kills me because it's not political at all. Iranians staged a three-day general strike as part of the ongoing anti-government protests. The Iranian government staged the second execution of a protester via a public hanging. Now, they did mention Iran last week, but they completely dropped it. And you'd think that the second execution of a protester via a public hanging... I don't know, might be worthy of a mention. Nope, Fox isn't going to mention it. It's no longer convenient for them. Meta's oversight board was critical of special treatment in terms of content moderation granted to celebrities and other high-profile accounts on Instagram and Facebook. That would have tied in with the Twitter, but they didn't mention it. So the U.S. House of Representatives passed a law protecting same-sex marriage. That's a good thing. Fox didn't mention it. Okay, so, yeah, a lot. that's a lot of stories, as it always is. By the numbers, these are the graphs for the week. I'll just go through them very quickly. For Fox, it was Twitter Files was 27%, followed by Border Crisis, Brittany Griner returned to the U.S. These last two are kind of funny. Fox Promotion and One More Thing. One more thing is the stupid segment at the end of the five where they tell little human interest stories. (laughs) That's how boring Fox was last week. One more thing made the top five because it's always like three minutes. So you do that like every five days in a row. That's 15 minutes. It shows up on the on the chart. So wacky. For PBS, we had Brittany Griner return to the U.S. at 14 percent. Georgia runoff, Ukraine, Artist Profile, which they do every single week. And Kristen Cinema left the Democratic Party. So that was a bigger deal on PBS. For my words chart, it wasn't that shocking, but Twitter was mentioned 367 times. Woo! Biden 201, FBI 111, uh, Border 98, Hunter Biden 58, Crime dropped to 34, Gas was only mentioned 18 times, Constitution 17, AOC made it back, she made it back. She was mentioned eight times, She returned. She's only been off that list twice. Twice. Um, So no big surprises there. Coming up Wednesday, I've already recorded it. I've already went through all the audio. I just have to work on the newsletter portion of it. Uh, My interview with Andy Campbell, the author of We Are Proud Boys, will be dropping Wednesday. I will also be analyzing for this week, Fox and Friends, The Five, Hannity. Uh, Hannity's been so, so boring lately, but I'm trying to go back into order of going Tucker, Hannity, ingram back to waters and then go back in order so that's it thank you so much for listening uh my cats odin and thor thank you so much if you'd like to donate to my patreon you can find it with uh, decoding fox news patreon that's it thank you so much i appreciate everything everybody has done for this project we're closing it on the end it should be over mid-february i'm not sure what the future is so we'll see thank you so much for listening see you at the next podcast